0: to the Build a Life After Loss podcast, uplifting support for your grief and healing journey. We're here to encourage your hope in the future and strengthen your confidence so that you can build a life of purpose and joy. I'm your host, Julie Clough, Certified Grief Coach. Hello, hello, my friends. Welcome to episode 113, Living with Intention. It is so, so good to be here with you today. I'm so thrilled to be able to share some things that have been on my mind lately. Maybe you've noticed that the podcasts have been building on each other. So episode 111, emotions as fuel. We really talked about how our feelings are our fuel. It should have been emotions. Or feelings as fuel, because that sounds better, doesn't it? With the two F's. <laughs> but for whatever reason, I wrote emotions as fuel. Episode 112 was reflective journaling. That's a, the, a skill to help you to really get to know yourself and get connected. And, and when you think about emotions as fuel and then you, you use re- reflective journaling, you're really, you're really getting in touch with the feelings that you are fueling your days with. And today, we're going to be talking about, uh, on episode 113, we're going to talk about living with intention. And from there, we're going to talk about building joy into our life and into our days. So we're progressing along. There's some other good stuff coming up, super excited about. But first, I have to tell you what happened this morning. So it starts back at Christmas time. At Christmas time my daughter was visiting. I think I shared with you that uh we were doing some organizing of the office and then we then we did some work on my art room that has been the last space in my house to really get organized. But as we did that, when I, when we went in there at, back at Christmas time, one day when we were in the, the art room going through boxes and sorting and so forth, I had brought a smoothie in there with me. And this past week, I discovered that that smoothie, or talking three weeks later, I discovered the smoothie sitting on the desk behind a box. It no longer looked like a smoothie. It looked like disgusting mold. <laughs> I was, I was actually really afraid to unscrew the top because I just knew I was going to be hit with this powerful odor. Uh, luckily, it just wasn't overpowering that the smell wasn't bad, but the goop inside was disgusting. I, it was l- utterly disgusting. So I cleaned it out. I didn't throw away because it was a, it was a, a metal cup with a straw. So I cleaned it out. I put it through the dishwasher. Well, this morning I was doing a presentation for an organization. And when I, I pulled out that cup because it's perfect for that type of thing because it's, it's got the straw on the top of it. And then if I need a sip of water, it's very easy for me to just grab it, grab a sip. Um, during my presentation. So I pulled it out and I I filled it up with water and it was just sitting on my desk. And before my presentation, I went to go take a sip of it. And what happened next? (laughs) As I sipped on it, this sludge went up into my mouth. I'm sorry. I know it's so disgusting, but what had happened when, when it cleaned out the the cup is somehow the straw did not clean out. And having it sitting in that water, it had soaked up enough water then it was ready to release. Ah! So I got this snake, this snake of mold into my mouth. Immediately, I was like, oh, you know, I spit it out and I went and I rinsed that straw and there was just this, like I said, a snake of sludge. So Sorry about the graphic there. But, um, I, you know, I was, I was thinking about that. I was thinking about how sometimes that's the way we live our life. Don't we? We're leaving the sludge in the straw and we don't even know it. We're leaving the sludge in part of our life. We've cleaned everything. We think we've done a good job, but we've left something undone. And then unexpectedly we get a mouthful of (laughs) sludge. So I just wanted to share that. Lovely image with you today. Oh my goodness. Drinking through a dirty straw. I don't advise it, but let's talk about living with intention. Okay. Here's the problem. Here's the problem with living with intention. And, and first, before I even get into that, you know, sometimes before I do the podcast, I'll go on and I'll do a search and I'll, I'll look at what other people, you know, I have an idea of what I want to talk about, but I'll look about, look up what other people are talking about a topic just to, just to kind of see what they're talking about, to see how my ideas line up with theirs. If there's anything there that I feel like would uh, broaden the the topic that I'm going to talk to would add something to it. Then I'll look at, you know, how I might do that. But when I looked up the idea of living with intention, what I found was that no one knows how to teach living with intention. (laughs) They're not very intentional about it. I found articles that were no more than two pages long with five steps and six steps and so forth and every step, every step was huge. Every step included, not that they put the, the sub steps in there, but every step included five or six or 10 things that needed to happen in order to make that happen. Like on one, I saw something about living with balance as a one step living with balance, living with balance, is, is involved. It's a process of understanding and breaking it down into, into real actionable items. We're not going to do that today. I'm not going to give you big, broad, gigantic, this is how you live with intention. You create the ideal image, and then you create balance. And then, you know, I'm not going through an actual checklist that I saw, but these were some of the ideas I saw, you know, then you clear out your whole entire space. <laughs> and then you, you know, that, that's not helpful, is it? Because here's the problem with living with intention. You can't really live with intention if you don't know what you want. And you don't really know what you want you aren't even clear about why you do what you do you haven't really examined your days and weeks you go through each day and each week fulfilling other people's expectations so that you can feel responsible or dependable or whatever it is you know so you can you can feel like you took care of people whatever it is because we do everything because of the way we want to feel And if you think you didn't know what you wanted before, now you really don't know. It feels too scary to dream, to make a plan, especially to attempt to make your plan happen. And this is where I lived for years. With grief, like you just, you get into this place where it's just dreaming is just not even a thing. So you just follow along on the prescribed plan that's been set in motion in childhood with, you know, childhood with its expectations and its standards that are set by someone else, by your father or your mother or your grandparent or whoever raised you or a teacher. And it's not easy to recognize how we have stepped into expectation instead of creation. And in grief, this is magnified times 100 or 1,000 because you go into autopilot and you even question everything that was a part of your life before your loss. You wonder why you chose the job you're in. You wonder why you live where you live. You wonder how you got here in this moment, in these circumstances. How could this possibly be your life? How could this possibly have happened? Because life feels random and hard. You feel like you can't expect much from life because let's face it, it hasn't worked out as you imagined. You didn't plan on losing someone you love. You didn't plan on going through a breakup or a divorce or losing your job or being estranged from your family or all the other disappointments you felt. None of that was in the plan. So then you think, what's the point in dreaming and living with intention? what's the point of living in the energy of creation? And first I'll warn you that in grief, it's very difficult to tap into your creativity, that energy of creation. And at the same time, it's crucial. And it's actually our system. It's the way our system is set up. It's it's how our system is set up to do because in grief, the executive functions of your left brain become more difficult to access. So if you're experiencing that right now, that's normal. The creative emotional function of your right brain become more active. They become heightened, but you're still overrun with emotions. So you're going to wonder, you are going to wonder what happened to my brain and why is it not working? I see this on Facebook groups about grief and loss where people will say, I can't get my I can't think straight. I can't get my brain to work. It's normal. So don't freak out about normal, but do take action toward healing. So why are we talking about living with intention? If our left brain is shut down and our right brain is overactive, but our brain is on overload, why are we talking about living with intention? Because right here, right now, wherever you find yourself in the process of healing, whether you're really struggling, or you're starting to feel better, or we've been working together, so many of you, hi, and you're ready to take your life by the horns and make something happen. Wherever you find yourself, you can start to understand living with intention right now. And you can start to make progress right now because progress is happiness. We are made to progress. We feel better when we progress. Don't confuse busyness with progression. They are two different things. It's not about busyness. It's about intentional, thoughtful progress. So to live a life of intention, you need three things. One is an objective or a goal or a place you're headed. Two is a plan to get there. And three is the action. What? action are you going to take? Actually, that's what we do around grief in my program. You have a goal, which is resolving your grief and beginning to build a life of purpose and joy. And you have a step-by-step plan to get you there and you apply it. In other words, you take supported, consistent action steps to get you to your goal. But let's look at it on a smaller scale. When you think of a goal... Do you make the mistake of thinking it's not a goal unless it's huge? <laughs> I have been there. I have done that. I still make that mistake occasionally. It didn't work for me. It won't work for you. It doesn't work for anyone. I want you to think really, really small scale. Now, this isn't the way you, ha- you, you, you'll have to do it long term, but right now I want you to really Shrink it down to small scale, to, to granular even. And you may feel some resistance to that, to this, and and that's totally okay. You may be saying to yourself, or you may be saying to me right now, Julie, I've done big things in my life. I can't choose a small, granular goal that feels like going backwards. And my answer to you is, yes, you can. Stick with me. Let me explain. So the first step is to choose an objective. Choose something you want tomorrow. Choose something you want. The key words here are you want. Choose something you want tomorrow. Set an intention that tomorrow I will and fill in the blank. Tomorrow I will write that down tomorrow. I will. The second step is to make a plan how are you going to make that intention a reality tomorrow? What are the things that you need? Let's say that your intention is tomorrow I will exercise for 10 minutes. If you plan on, you know, your plan would include things like when are you going to do it? When are you going to put that on your schedule? Where on that schedule? Is it going to happen when you first wake up? What are you going to need in order to exercise? See what you do tonight will help you to execute your plan tomorrow. So think through the things that you'll need. If your plan is, I will get up tomorrow morning and exercise for 10 minutes, you have a time. You're going to do it when you get up, whether that's six o'clock or seven o'clock, you set the time and then you might need your tennis shoes out. You might need your exercise clothes. So tonight you pull those things out of your drawer and you set them on the side of the tub ready to put on as soon as you wake up tomorrow morning. Now this may not be your intention because remember you're choosing something you want tomorrow. I don't want you to take my suggestion and say, okay, I'm going to do what Julie wants me to do tomorrow. I'm not even suggesting that you exercise tomorrow. I'm suggesting that you choose one thing that you want to do tomorrow for 10 minutes, for 30 minutes, for five minutes, make it small, make a plan. Step two is make a plan. And step three is to act. Step three is tomorrow, do what you planned. Now you do the same thing tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And you string together several days of deciding what you want, making a plan, and acting. I guarantee you things will start to shift. So right now, you've written down, tomorrow I will fill in that blank. What do you want to do tomorrow? What small step, what small goal can you reach tomorrow? Write it down right now and prepare for it tonight before you go to bed. Prepare to take action tomorrow. And then you do the same thing tomorrow. After you finish your action step, you write down Tomorrow I will, and you set an intention, and then you make a plan, and you do the things tomorrow night to set you up to make it happen the next day. Ralph Marston said, the quality of your commitments will determine the course of your life. This is how we start. We start thinking about what do I want? What goal do I want to set for tomorrow? tomorrow I will. Okay. You got it. And then let me know, let me know how it went. I would love to hear. I made my plan. You know, I set my intention. I made my plan and I acted on it. I would love to get emails like that or messages on Facebook or messages on Instagram. I would love to hear right now. I have one question for you. Why are you putting off your healing? You don't have time. You're right. You don't have any more time to waste. You know, you need help. You know, you don't know what to do. You know, you've tried different things with very little results. And I get it. Like I understand I've been there, but here's what I want you to know. You don't need to know how, because I do and I can help you take gentle, correct steps to start to move and lift the heavy burden of grief. I can help. And the best news is, it's super easy to get started. Click on the link in the show notes or go directly to buildalifeafterloss.com backslash talk. Take the first step right now. I'll see you there. Have a wonderful week. Remember, I believe in you. Love you, bye.